If I look at the programs on Tuesday evening, and just also it's a late start for po- a talking point because we had to link up with GCIS, that's the Government's Communication and Information Services. And we had the National Minister of Transport. She was at the Cape Town at the Parliament Studios there. And obviously most media houses like us, they link up and the message gets sent out to all our listenership. So that's the reason for our late start here this evening. We'll kick off this evening with Journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams and after that it's going to be the Focus on Palestine program uh, it won't be with Molina Ihsan Hendricks, Sheikh Ishaq Talib is back in town, he's the National Executive Manager for the Al-Quds Foundation of South Africa and that's more or less what the program is going to look like. Now remember what I said, I might not, and even on this program Journey to Hajj, I had the Sheikh said to me, Jamil, you know when I'm dealing with this issue, my concentration is very serious on what I'm talking about and what is in front of me. I might not be able to take calls. We want, we don't want to be diverted. But SMSs, okay, anything on, especially, especially what the Sheikh is going to be talking on, uh, you are more than welcome. Remember last week we posed a question when it comes to the Istinja and the punishment for those who negligent with that type of questions, if it's appropriate on the point which Sheikh is, uh, we will have a look at the SMSs and Sheikh will briefly just reflect on it. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum to you. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Kifal hal, how yourself? Alhamdulillah. Shukran yeah. once more. Pleasure, Alhamdulillah. privilege having you here with Shukran. us. Muhammad, assalamu alaikum. Muhammad Abrams. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran for you also joining in. Um, Sheikh, I don't even, just a bit of a refresher on where we were last week. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillah, Wahda wa Salatu wa Salamu, Adam Allah, Nabiya Ba'd, Rabbi Sharahli Sadri, Wayasidli, Amri, Wahlul Ugdetam, Milisani, Yafqa, Kauli, Allahumma Alimna, Bima Yumfa'una, Wumfa'una, Bima Alimtana, Wurzukna, Alman Yad, Al Jalali, Wilkram. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, thanks and praise is due to Allah always and forever. We cannot thank Allah enough for being of the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and more so the Ummah of Hidayah whom Allah has granted me. Allah grant us to be accepted as that. Allahumma ameen ya Rabbul Alameen. Then salah and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Salah and salam upon him, his family, his friends and all those who follow his path. May Allah grant us, you and me, to be amongst them in the flag of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our listeners out there, mashallah, ahlan wa sallam, welcome to all of you. Uh, um, in, in when we deal with this program as the journey to Hajj, um, we, we, we had the beginning of this journey. We are now in the looking at the Hajj in context with the other Arkan. To see where does it fit in because it, what is, as we said, it's one of the Arkan. We came to identify that it is the last Arkan, the objective of us working towards a holistic Muslim to be able to go on Hajj. That's the reason why Allah has put it last amongst the five. We even saw that in its very practical it was happened in the very last aspect of the practicalities or the arkan of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he acted it out. It was at his very last part of his life. Subhanak, not long after that, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam returned back to his creator. May Allah grant us all khair and barakah to be able to understand the process. So in looking that, it's, it's clear that that process of holistic Development needs to be able to come into the other other arkan. Meaning, we need to see the necessity and the 
affirmation and confirmation of all the other arkan wells established firm in place in our life before the reality of hajj becomes a practical fact of decision which means it is an reality of development ever since i become muslim that i need to prepare myself to go on that journey so that allah grants me the day that allah decides that i have been given the opportunity i have done so in preparation may allah grant that khair and barakah so we need to see the big picture of realizing it is not something that you and i can decide we want to do right now you will make a decent mess up of the journey a decent mess up of the job and may Allah protect. We don't want that. We are saying this because we wish you and me can understand the seriousness of realizing the essence of development that they need to be Allah's words in the Holy Quran. What is a wadu in English translated? See that you prepare yourself decently, all of you. Every one of you that claims yourself Muslim. So the preparation for Hajj is a necessity, as we said, it's a necessity of everybody. It's a fart on every Muslim. Nobody can say, okay, I don't have this and I don't have that and I can't this and I can't that. It's if you are Muslim, by necessity, it's a fart upon you, you need to prepare yourselves. As we also said, the concept of Hajj is the realization of my return to my Creator. And is, is that a possibility? Is it a maybe or is it, a, is it, is it the only reality that's going to happen to all of us? Nobody can say it's not, it's a maybe, or most probably. It is the only reality that is. Return to Allah is the only reality that's going to happen. And the preparation of that, for if you've prepared yourself for Hajj, and death comes on you first, then your, your prepare, preparation to meet up with Allah becomes easy. And if Allah grants you Hajj, then Alhamdulillah, may Allah grant you to have prepared yourself appropriately so Allah can grant you on earth a Hajj Makbul and Mabrur. May Allah grant all of us that, inshaAllah. So ladies and gentlemen, we went there and we saw the Arkan. We saw the first Rukun of the Arkan, is called the Rukun of the Kalimatul Shahada, which we've gone into to a certain extent. And then we went into the second one last week called Iqam Salah, the Establishment of the Salah of Man, right? And there we said to you, the scholars, great scholars of our deen says, the concept of Salah is the relationship between man and, and Allah. And then after that, we came to, to make us realize the importance of when I want to go into Salah, if we understand this is a relationship between me and Allah, it's an intimacy between me and Allah, it's a connection between me and Allah, if I understand that, I need to ask myself, am I doing the necessary things to be able to see that relationship, that connection, that intimacy is there. And so for that, there is a need of what we call prerequisites. Those things need to be in place. If those things are not in place, unfortunately, um, it, can, it can damage our process for Salah. May Allah protect. The first of those uh, prerequisites we say to us, it's all about cleaning. And we saw the, the, the hadith that the Nabi spoke about, the cleaning, the fact that the person needs to be able to um, protect his tongue and protect the, uh, see that he covers his istinja. The, the istinja process is uh, as when you've relieved yourself and how to clean yourself with that relief. And that that decent form of cleaning that needs to happen. Most probably I just want to mention here for all of us, because um, our, our, our time, time is limited, and most probably just the, the issue of Islam has taught us two forms of istinja. Now I'm saying this because I've heard when I was young, who can't do any other means dry cleaning. 
and we only do the the, 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 the wet cleaning. In Islam, our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was the one to teach us how to use the dry cleaning and the wet cleaning. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And when Allah Ta'ala sent the message to Allah to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the status of Masjid Kuba, and Allah mentioned that there is honor and dignity for the people of the place, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him, for what is it that you are doing that Allah has given you this honor? They said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, you taught us the dry cleaning and and the, 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 the wet cleaning, and we don't do the dry cleaning, only we see that when we've done the dry cleaning, we do the dry cleaning and the wet cleaning. So what am I speaking about when I speak about dry cleaning? Is using the piece of paper. Now I think I just want to emphasize here, that sense of using the, the piece of paper, anything that is three pieces of paper, anything that is solid besides bone, besides birds and of, of animals, and, 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 and a, a solid rock is possible to use. You can use any, but it must be, you can be using natural things. It must not be the dung of animals or the, 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 the bones that is of dead animals. You cannot, we cannot use that. May Allah protect. Other than that, that everything other that is dry can be used. May Allah protect in dry cleaning. And then there is what we call the wet cleaning, how to be able to extinguish you with the use of water. That's, that's, that's clean. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us. And I think that, that there's been some questions on the issue of the istinja. Muhammad, would you mind to answer, uh, ask the question? Yeah, the question I had for last week's yeah. lesson when we talked about the importance of uh, the istinja for the ordinary person out there that probably didn't know the importance of the istinja mm. and he haven't been practicing the proper way of cleaning himself. What is the ruling on him of all the salahs that, uh, that he, or, or rather all the years that went past and the awqats that he made salah for? Does he have to redo that salah over or is it? Muhammad, if I understand your question correctly, you are saying the person has been negligent in performing the istinja in accordance as they should be mm. taught to us by our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The person has been negligent, as the hadith in, in shows to us, the person will be severely punished in his grave if he were negligent with that. And what we say that if he's negligent with his istinja, it means his salah is not being accepted because if he takes wudu, there's no wudu. So if there's no wudu, there can be no salah. Right? Because if you perform salah without wudu, there isn't wudu. But there cannot be wudu if the istinja is not an appropriate acted out. So your question is, what if that person has been doing this all the time, being negligent? Yeah. And so you refer to, what happens with that person? Have he performed salah but he has been negligent? Yeah. Must he perform his salah over again? If a person has been negligent, remember the deen of Allah is the way you and I come to develop. So the seeking of this deen is a fart on everybody. Nobody gets exempted. The moment you claim ashadu and la ilaha illa, and you say I am Muslim, and you claim the claim, claim I am Muslim, and you are proud of that, no, you cannot run about the fact that I do what I want to do, how I want to do it. There is only the method given to us by Allah and His Messenger. Allah is the one who gives us the command. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the one who illustrated to us that command. How must it be practiced? How must it be carried out? So Allah send him to be able, so that you and I can know. We don't have an excuse to say, Ik rige vit van die commandi. Ik moet vit die command, because ik is Muslim. And I must also know, how was this command enacted, carried out, illustrated to us by our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is a fart on every Muslim. So the fact that that is a fart, 
you cannot get away. So obviously that salah is not accepted by Allah. Mm. The person must go on an issue of tawbah by Allah, beg of Allah for forgiveness what he has done, then strive to be able to see that he never ever violates that process of the istinja, and he must feel guilty for that. And he must realize that it's his responsibility to see that he never ever harms himself in being dirty at his private parts. So that his ibadah can be accepted. And may Allah forgive for what has happened in the past. As we said, the person must make tawbah. And the person, the ulama would recommend for such a person, if it happened on that basis, that a person must perform his salah over as far as he can. Now, it must be very, very difficult that some scholars go as far as that because we do not know what's happened in our young days, many things has happened to us. Let's strive to be able to perform your fart salah, perform another salah and ask Allah for forgiveness to, to accept it for those years. And most probably you cannot do it all together in one sitting, but you do for every fart salah you do, you add another salah to that. On that note, Chef, very important note that, exactly. we, that you've just covered. I remember also last week another question was when we become elderly, we drip and we might be going on hunch and we're not always sure. We get this thing, but you were explaining about the urine and how it comes yes. and what happens. Mm-hmm. And I know many elderly people has this problem mm-hmm. that they drip. But second answer that? Answer yes. Oh, okay. My radio station, your radio station. Our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Welcome back once more. It is Journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. And we've got Muhammad Abrams here as well. <laughs> the elderly alim and the young alim, mashallah. Sheikh, on that topic, that was a very important one um, that you were reflecting on. And uh, then also, I do remember we spoke about it. We are now on, you know, when it comes to the Istinja, how do we deal with this? What's recommended for those elderly? elderly. I, mean, I, I heard over the weekend because I posed the question again that for the ladies, apparently they have something that they use. I want to go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what do you do in a situation such as that? Um, the, 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 Jamil, the, the situation is exactly the same for males as for, for females. There's no difference in the process, right? Um, number one, the fact that it is a, 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 a problem the person has, the person needs to be able to, to make wudu in every walk. That's extremely important. But it, it means that when the person takes wudu, he needs to be able to go for a cleaning of the body parts before the salah. And then he strive to be able to take the wudu almost at the last minute or take the istinja at the last minute prior or at the time when the adhan goes or something like that, just after the adhan. He takes the wudu and gets into salah ASAP and try to spend no time so that he can be as clean as possible. It is also permissible in that case, as the scholar says, for the woman, they would use a, a, a some, some, some what they call a... Uh, uh, what they normally use for the for the hide period, mm. they would use something like that to be able to see that it drips on there and not onto the the underwear. Then the same can p- probably happen to male that they need to be able, but it needs to happen that the person realize that the first the fact of this happening, I perform my fart salah immediately, so that my salah can come to an end. And then thereafter, if I wait for the next waqt, I need to be able to see that the salah, that the wudu been taken again every time I perform the salah. Mm-hmm. And But if such a person is on a journey and he performs the two salahs together, then preferably makes the salah at the, uh, the, the, the wudu at the last minute, the uh, wudu 
I'm referring to the istinja at the last minute for the two salahs to be joined. He makes the istinja, the wudu, and immediately gets into the salah, performs the one salah immediately after the other salah, and that is quite permissible then. Other than that, under the normal circumstances for every salah, a wudu needs to be performed with a new istinja because of the circumstances the person finds himself in. I hope that this has been answered that I mean from that side we we, 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 we I think we, that takes us to the process of the istinja and and most probably to the listeners out there to let us understand people because our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has shown us a series of this we see the need for us to understand its application is every day of our life and then the next thing that's an important factor is that thing called the wudu wudu'um now, most probably I would want to share with our listeners the ability, those who can, to do some research, to go to Suratul Ma'idah, Surah number 5. In that surah, you can probably see what, see where Allah speaks about the, the wudu and check what is Allah and how Allah lays his wudu out. But it's also healthy to be able to go to Sahih, Sahih Bukhari, where you can see the hadith of Sayyidina Uthman, how he actually illustrates the wudu of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I'm not saying that we mustn't go to what the Aima says in the in the fiqh, but what's important to know that whatever you and I do prior to the fiqh, prior to every law, rule and law, you and I need to first know what does Allah say about the matter and what does our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam says. That is a fart on every Muslim. If you and I sometimes have learned the matter and seen what the fixed su, the ruling is deed, da, 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 um, it's imperative that you and I understand what does Allah say. So remember, the Quran is our first reference in everything we do, the first reference. So Allah speaks about the wudu in the Holy Quran in Surah Ma'idah, Surah number five. Let's go there. Let's just open the Quran, English translation, and see what does Allah says. Read so that you and I can come t- get used to the fact that this Quran has become alive in our life. It is the message of Allah to you and me. So when you do the act, you feel I'm doing what Allah wants. I feel like this is the ibadah, submission to my, my Lord. And see how Allah describes that. And then the second question goes, whatever Allah commands us, how did the Nabi enact that? How does he apply that, put it to life? We see, go to the hadith in Surah Sahih Bukhari. You can go to the translation today. Nowadays, you can go to, 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 to Google. And you Google from Bukhari, and you can go to, under the heading called uh, uh, Tahara, and, and, which is cleansing or purification. And there you go to the purification called the wudu, the ablution. In, in the ablu, you look for the hadith that deals with the description of Sayyidina, uh, Sayyidina Uthman, radiallahu an, how he has given to us that. It's imperative. Now, even if you have the other rulings to what is in the wudu, or of the of that, but it's healthy for us to be, have that exposure of what Allah and His Messenger says. The next other important factor in the prerequisites is a ghusl, the person, the fact that you and I need to be clean. We have taken a, a ghusl. And if you do not mind people with no disrespect, and I'm not saying this because I undermine anybody, but it is sad to know that sometimes in life when you deal with people's personal problems, you come to find out the reason why the person has got so, so major problems in his life because he doesn't even know how to kalimat shahada, he doesn't know how to make the ruku, uh, uh, the salah, he doesn't know the processes of istinja, but he's been Muslim for X amount of years. So the ghusl is something which Allah tells us in the Holy Quran. Go to surah number four. Surah Nisa and Surah, uh, surah number 5 
as the one that you've gone for the wudu, you'd find the wudu and the ghusl being done there together. But in surah, surah number four, you can also see the, ex- the extent of how Allah will describe to us the process of the ghusl. Beautiful. We've got a break now. The waqt of uh, Maghrib is virtually upon us. Sheikh will continue when we come back from the Maghrib Salah. Our guest here, obviously, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, and then also with him, Muhammad. Back with you after the Salah. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A very warm welcome once more to Talking Point and we continue the journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Sheikh, once more, may Allah accept our salah and all our du'as. Ameen, Ameen. Inshallah, Ameen. And over to you once more, Sheikh. Shukran, Jamil. Uh, Jamil, we were, just before the break, we were looking at some of the, the prerequisites in Tahara and we spoke about the wudu. And I reminded the people of where we can look at the Quran and the way Allah mentions the wudu. And also must probably go to the Sahih Muslim, which is very easy nowadays. It's not such a difficult process. And then we also mentioned the issue about the ghusl, where is it to be found. But then I think and we need to be able, a part of that tahara cleaning process for us as Muslims is a portion in the books of Hadith where the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam speaks about a fitrah. A fitra is those things which is common law, norm, natural things that we need to do, right? That we need to live by. And the one hadith the Nabi mentions about six things that's fitra, and the other hadith he mentions ten things that's fitra. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And by that, it could be various reasons why the various sahaba has, has given us to us that, that various hadith. But those things, people, with no disrespect, it is what is our duty to be able to find about fitra. What is it all about? It is the natural things like the clipping of your nails, the cutting of your mustache, uh, the your trimming of your beard, uh, um, the, uh, the uh, extra hair under your armpits and, and, and your private parts. The, those things, and, and you and I need to be able to know what those things is, what our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has mentioned to us. May Allah grant us to be able to do the research and find that. Mm-hmm. So now we're just here to also add to for our listeners if you do not mind people who listen to this program must not think that we here are giving to you a full hajj package or a hajj hajj program we're dealing with all the issues that deals with the prepared preparation for you to perform that hajj yes but it's a necessity for you the things that we mentioned to you that you go off and find somebody that you study and learn by that's your guide as a teacher to show you how the process of hajj needs to be done may Allah open the path right as part of prerequisites for Sarah, we mentioned the first one called Tahara, which is cleaning. The second one is called Qibla. And Qibla means the direction of standing facing Masjid Haram, the, the Kaaba in, 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 in Mecca, that you and I need to stand and perform our Sarah in that direction. Now, I probably would just want to mention here, there's many ayat in the Quran pertaining to that, and a hadith that mentioned to those. But I'm going to just mention one important aspect, Allah's words in the Holy Quran, when Allah says, فَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُمْ Wherever you are, when you want to perform salah, you need to face in that direction. Yes, if you've done the necessity of doing the research to find which is the direction of Qibla, or you ask the people of the place that you've gone to, then sufficient is that for you to have Qibla. But you and I cannot make salah just the way we want to. Then there's a major because it's a part of the prerequisites for salah, right? May Allah open the path for all of us. The other one that is the next one of the qibla 
also a prerequisite of salah is a thing called waqt. When we speak about waqt, we speak about the time where it is the time for making salah. So nobody can perform their salah before the time and we should not be performing our salah after the time. Now waqt has been described to us by our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam immediately after the, 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 the mi'raj of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the night he went on the mi'raj the next day Jibreel came to him and illustrated for him for two days the waqt of Fajr when it starts and the waqt of Dhur and Asr and Maghrib and Isha when it starts on the one day the next day he came to show the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when was the ending of that awqat to show to us what is the extent and you and I again needs to be able to go and understand the extent of where the walk starts and where the walk ends. Now I don't think it's a major problem, it's something easy, all of us, many of us knows or should be knowing it. But I'm just letting us understand we can do the research through what Allah and His Rasul has guided us and Alhamdulillah it gives confirmation of our life as being Muslim submitting to Allah in the ibadah that goes with us. We thereby come to the end of the prerequisites and we now go into the salah as in action, as an ibadah that needs to be performed. Ladies and gentlemen, the salah has got two major phases. The salah has got two major phases. The phase number one is equally important as phase number two. Allah mentions them in the Holy Quran. And where? In Suratul Mu'minun. In Suratul Mu'minun, Allah describes who the believers are. Allah describes there the two phases of the salah. Now people, these two phases are imperative. The one is not less important than the other. They are equally important to one another, right? We will see as we go on what, what I'm referring to into these two phases of salah that must be in place. Because Allah says in Surah Al-Mu'minun when Allah describes who the believers are, the, Allah says, قَدْ أَفْلَحُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Successful are the believers. May Allah grant us to be successful. Allahumma ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Now Allah describes who are those believers. الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ The first factor that Allah mentions is that the salah must have Khushu. Now people, this word is probably a word that floats around very easy nowadays, but it's not truly taken into the people and see that we implement this. And thus I mention this because I, I feel it's a necessity. If Allah could mention this at the beginning of the surah to say the essence of salah in khushu is the most important description of the believer, you and I can but imagine what happens. In a hadith, um, in another place in the Holy Quran, Allah describes to us, when Allah says to us pertaining to salah, Allah says, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ This ibadah called salah has the capacity, it is the only ibadah, the only ibadah that has the capacity to change your character from negativity to positivity. The only thing that can take you out of, out of the slum of life to make you a believer, can take you out of the jahiliyyah of life, can to make you an obedient slave of Allah. May Allah open the path. Can remove of you your negativities, the facade and the haram and the fakir, it's what you're clinging on in the dunya. It says, if your salah is perfectly done, then that salah has that capacity. The salah as a tool has the capacity to bring that major change to your life. So where is the question? And those two phases of the salah, if those two phases are disrespectfully handled, carelessly handled, those two phases is extremely important. Phase number one of salah is that the salah must be able to have khushu. What is khushu? 
humility, ihr Biederheit, vor Allah Tristan, reflekt, was Ibadah ist, wie, 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 wie ich stehe, realize I'm standing in front of the Lord, the creator of the universe, the one who's given me my life, who cares for me, who looks after me, who nurtures me, who gives me everything I'm. Imagine ich stand vor dem Maker in Salamak. What must be the extent of my standing? Mag Allah die Pat opmak. Shaitan is going to do his utmost best to see that he corrupts our Salah, that he does 99,9% of his time, right? He especially comes into our salah to corrupt our salah there. And the crave was bizarre to think van die, and over bizarre with die, and yeah, but what van die, yeah, but van die. That is his job. He's doing, only doing his job. You and I need to come to the understanding of who we are and train our mind to be submissive to Allah and train our attention to be connected with Allah. To have that intimacy, as we said, the concept of the salah, to have that intimacy in that relationship with Allah. May Allah grant us that, inshaAllah. So that is the first aspect of the way Allah that describes the salah. When Allah says salah has got this capacity, it can change you. So, mach Allah force mark that on salah mark, so Allah described in the Quran, so our Nabi has illustrated to us, so that we can get the value of salah, become a means to bring that possible change to us in our lives. And when I say change, yes, you and I, every one of us, we need the change. And I'm speaking about the positive change from wherever we are to even greater levels, inshallah. If you're on the positive mark, then may Allah grant you further more positivity, inshallah. But if you are not there in the positivity, only Allah says the salah has got the capacity. I give you this gift. It has got the capacity. If you are wanting to submit yourself to me in that pure means as a relationship with you and me, then inshallah, it will change your life around to positivity. Inshallah. And forgive us all for our shortcomings and our faults and our errors. I mean, Sheikh, could I? <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to interrupt a very, very short break. And Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams will continue with the journey to Hajj. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Well, we continue with a journey to Hajj and uh, with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Sheikh, I think you've, you've raised some very, very interesting. Uh, I know the short time we've got, we've got about eight minutes. Um, nothing's going on on the SMS line. But eventually it'll come through. Sometimes it's a little slow and it comes through. But certainly these are very pertinent issues that you're on. Here. I know for a fact, and I didn't want to disrupt you. Maybe at a later stage you can answer us, but I know many a times there is dispute. <laughs> wow, I think Kibla. Especially if we find ourselves in a place that we're not familiar with. There's no kibla, and then the guys turn around, and, and sometimes there's arguments around it. You know, but uh, at, at some stage, perhaps, perhaps not tonight. We could, she could just touch on that for us. Tajamil, we we were just before the break. We were speaking about the importance of salah and how Allah to describe the process of salah. We mentioned two ayat. The one is how Allah described the salah to be the tool that can bring change to the life of man. And we also show us how Allah says, what is the phases needed in salah that must be seen to, right? And in Surah Al-Mu'minun, Allah mentions both phases. Allah starts off with the most important one. And the scholar says the reason why Allah mentions that at the beginning, because it's the most important one, right? Of the two, right? Um, and, and, and then Allah goes off, and, and we've said that what khushu means the humility in our salah, we're striving to understand what is it that we are saying, what we are doing, for what reason are we doing what we are doing. We have purpose and reason for what we are doing. We need to, be, to give value to that purpose and that reason, right? And which is the issue of salah. That when we do that, 
that builds the quality of our salah, brings the khushu in, and we then remove shaitan out of the way. Because we try to keep concentration on those things that we understand there. That, that, that is the issue of khushu. Um, the scholars speak to, speak to us about khushu in, in these many ways that, that we deal with the issue of khushu. But as I said, um, we don't have all the lakshis in this lakshi in this program to go to those issues. Mm-hmm. I would just want to encourage the people to see that we strive to be able to establish that, to even to strive to come to know what it is all about, that I implement that. Lightly, I will say, example, if you are reciting Surah Al-Fatiha in the Arabic language for so many years, and you haven't made effort to be able to understand what message is that you're speaking with Allah, then it's a major worry and a major concern. Because... Your, your quality of your salah depends on that intimacy that you have from Allah with Allah Ta'ala. In other words, concentrating on what I'm saying. Saying or relating and interacting with my, my, my Lord. Now that is a, a mental issue that needs to be in place in salah. But it's not something where the scholars are going to say your mental process must be in place. They only speak about the khushu meaning. You need to know what I'm doing, why am I doing it, and how I must be able to keep, try to try, keep my concentration. Shaitan gets to the best of people. He strives to break him down. Now the harder you try to be on the right path, the harder shaitan is going to work to get you down because he is not happy with the fact that you want to be a slave of Allah. He want to make you a slave of him. Now may Allah protect us. Amen. Right? Amen. But so the, the essence of us going into the wanting to understand what is that message so that I can build a relationship between me and Allah as I go along is extremely important for us in our ibadah. Now, as I said, Allah starts off with the first sifa, the first description of a believer, Allah mentions the fact that he must have khushu in his salah, humility within the ibadah. That is the first factor Allah mentions. Then Allah carries on to the other things. The scholar says the reason why Allah starts off with salah, the other things are the, some of the problematic areas in the life of man. And the salah, if it is has khushu, you can even overcome those other problems. But strange. If you put all those things together, all those sifat that Allah described, all those means of description that Allah gives that needs to be for the person, Allah starts off with salah and Allah ends off with salat. So in reality, it's simply the salah that needs to be in place in accordance so that all the other things can fall into place, inshallah. May Allah grant us to be of those people who strive to develop our salah on a continuous basis. Never feel, nay alhamdulillah, my salah is okay. Realize as it can develop it to a certain extent, there is the, the, the only space that there is great, great, great above us is the space to be able to change to qualify in the quality in our, in our ibadah. Inshallah. So, so, um, the last sifa Allah says, besides the fact that they must be able to have humility in their salah, Allah says that. They also, the second phase, I said, the first phase is the khushu. The second one says Allah, they are people who protect their salah. Now, people protecting your salah has got two formats. Two formats of seeing the protection of the salah. The first of the two formats of protecting the salah is to see that the salah has been performed at striving to the very best at the beginning of the waqt or at least within the waqt. And when it comes to males, that the males strive to be able to see that they perform the salah jama'atan at the masjid. Right? And, and that is what Allah wants for us. That is part of the protection of salah. They protect their salah. Which means they go out of their way knowing 
that this is what must be done, but they go out of their way to protect it because it means the possibility for not being protected can be very easy. The first format is you get yourself busy in this world with X, Y, and Z, and Shaitan takes your attention away, and before you actually look, the time has gone by and the walk is past. That's one, as we said, the first one, right? The second one is the protection, as they say, as, as one of the formulas, the f- formats of that salah, the protection, the formats of one, the second format of protection, is that you see you need to do the salah in accordance with that of our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says to us beautifully in a hadith, Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. I beg you, I call upon you. I ask of you, see that you perform your salah exactly as you see and watch me making the salah. Mm-hmm. Now that obviously has been directly to the Sahaba, because they were there seeing the salah of the Nabi. But we don't see the salah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah grant us to be of those who realize Amen. you and I need to confine how it is that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has performed that salah. Amen. After all, he was uh, the example that Subhanallah. Said, I need to ask this, do you conduct classes in the evening or weekends? Do you run classes? <laughs> yes, the Jamila do. Do you want to share with us where that is? Um, I have a Hajj course at the moment running on a Wednesday evening. That's tomorrow evening. Um, at Maruf Center in Bridgetown. Ah, Maruf Center. I'm certain many of us know it. Yes. So it's Wednesdays and it's still open. People wanting to Whoever wants to come along, Marhab Ahlan wa Sahlan, people are welcome to come. We've started with the course already, but uh, um, it doesn't mean that you cannot join the course mm-hmm. from now. Uh, and later on when I wrap up, am I allowed to give you phone number? You, you can, does you mean? To yeah, the people, if people want to find so out. I think it's important, Sheikh, we've heard of people going on Hajj, but not fully equipped. May Allah, may Allah protect all of us and grant us inshallah. Sheikh, so I say shukran once more. Afon, jazakal khair. Taking off your valuable time. La hudu, la hudu. us and the rest of the listenership. Shukran very much for that. Look forward ah. to next week's one again, inshallah. Shukran. You too. Shukran for being here. And I say to you, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Remember, if you need copies of of the presentations that Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams uh, does deliver here, you can always phone the studio or the radio station during the day and if in the area, simply pop in.